<laughs> Diane kind of threw me off. Who's preaching today? <laughs> yeah, I am. Okay. All right, now let's pray. Lord, we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. Thank you, God. We thank you that this morning, God, we have worshipped you and we continue to worship you. That everything yes. that we have done, God, out of a pure and willing heart has been worshipped to you. And so, God, we just thank you right now, God. Now, God, may you open our hearts, our ears, God, that we may hear your word. May we continue to grow into being kingdom people, yes, Lord. doing it your way, God, reaping your results. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have our um, youth this morning, so our youth can be dismissed. Our classes, for our youth, you can go back to your classes today. Amen. We thank God. As they're, as they're being dismissed, I... Um, I just wanted to add something um, as they were talking about the first fruits. We used to have this, um, she was our pastor's mother, okay, of the church that um, we attended to for 14 years. And she taught me so much because one day I saw her coming into church, and she's probably all about 90 years old, and she's coming into church and she got her little napkin and it's full with these little apples where they were not like little, they were really big apples, you know? And I'm thinking that, you know, she, she's just a sweetheart that she's bringing it. All of us was like her kids, you know, that she was bringing some apples to, um, to share with us. And so, um, I said, um, mother Neil, what, what are you doing? And she said, honey, I'm bringing in my first fruits. And I said, I, was, I didn't know anything about first fruits. I'd go all the way back to there. I really didn't know the scriptures or anything about it. But she was telling me, she said, she said, it don't just mean money, honey. She said, it said of all your increase. And I remember that, you know, she was like, and, her, and she had, they had like a farm and grew pigs, fruit, everything. And soon as that first one came in, she would bring that into the house of the Lord. Of anything that in, bought increase to her house, she was, so she bought her little apples, and, and, and if there was some pig slaughtered, some pig came in, but she, all her increase, she bought it unto the Lord. This is the first fruit, and I remember thinking back then, wow, and then hearing it later as God bought it back to me is, is the honor that we give God, because it is God who gives us the ability to gain wealth. It's God who gives us the strength and the intelligence to do our job and that we would give back to him the this is the first fruit and and I believe her apples was just so big because she gave of her first her harvest was always something that she always had something to give every year it was like whatever she was growing every year and then we, we would see different ones there are people do you know that don't even follow the um, word of God or call themselves a Christian but they will follow that principle. And they know that that principle works, giving God of uh, their, they'll, they'll not even say they go to church, but that principle they will follow because the principle of God works. It works if you have faith in God or faith in his principles. What he tells us to do is, is 
kingdom living is productive living, it's victorious living. And so as we see the things in the Bible, you know, they are the things that God's telling us to do. We should do them. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, because even as Diane is saying that, God is blessed, 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 blessed. I remember a time in, in the hospital. I had been in the hospital, and our bill, um, I got really sick, and and our bill was, what, babe? I don't want to say the wrong thing. Twenty Was it thousands? Thousands of dollars, okay? That when they handed me the bill, I probably felt like I needed to get sick again. <laughs> and when they, well, how are we going to pay this? How are we even going to pay this? And we had seven kids at home. This big old bill came in. And I'm just thinking, oh, my God. And then I thought I was a liability to my husband because here I got sick and <laughs> all this money we got to pay. And I remember crying out to the Lord. And the next thing, you know, I'm thinking, how are we going to do it? The next thing you know, this lady at the hospital comes in. Well, we're paying our tithes, y'all. And the next, the lady comes in and she says, do you know there's a good Samaritan, um, there's a good Samaritan, um, whatever, fund? And I didn't even know about it, but I didn't even know that she knew that I was worried, but maybe my countenance showed, okay? And she said, there's a Good Samaritan Fund. And so in the Good Samaritan Fund, in my mind, I thought, you know, they're going to help us pay the bill. The bill's still going to, are they going to bring the payments down where we can afford them? Do you guys know they took all of that away? They took all of that, the whole thing away. And I look up to God. God said that if, if we don't, if we don't, um, honor God in his way. He said, it'll be like purses with holes yeah. that, 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 that our money will come in and we can have big whole bunch of money, but it'll just flow out. And I like how Diane says the refrigerator break down, car break down. You think you've got this big old paycheck, but everything that breaks down takes away it and some, but with God, I've just noticed that God has kept us. He's watched over everything that he's given us. He's blessed us because we have honored him. And so I'm telling you guys, honor the word of God, honor his precepts, honor the things the enemy wants to put fear. You know why he wants to put fear? Because he knows as soon as you walk out in faith, you're going to see the bigness of God. And the more that you see the bigness of God, the more you want to do what God says do. And so the enemy is always going to try to make us afraid. But I just dare you. I just dare you. God said, prove me this day and see, won't I? This is one scripture that he even put a proof on it. Prove me this day and see, won't I open up the windows of heaven? And so I'm just asking you this morning, prove God. Prove God and see if you won't have a testimony of his goodness. Today, I want to continue on and um, talk about the last time that I was up. I was talking about being transformed by the renewing of our mind, by our minds being renewed, that we have a lot of things on board that, um, you know, we have learned that was error. A lot of things that we have picked up just from things that we have went through and just put that on board. We have a lot of inner vows that we say, I'm never going to let this happen. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to love again. I'm never going to forgive again. We have a lot of inner vows that we put into our spirit that sometimes we don't know that those inner vows is what's stealing from us. And something happened somewhere that made us make an inner vow that 
steady in our spirit that it steals from us, that God could bring something new, a new thing in our life, a, a great thing. But because I said I'm never going to let that happen already, I'm very touchy. I'm ready for something to happen. And as soon as it happens, I cancel out what God is trying to do for me because I've put a never in my spirit. And so some things we are not walking in God's victory and God's promises because there's error in our mind and God wants us to be transformed as as his people as believers when we come to Christ the first thing God wants us to do is get a new mind get 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 all that old stuff get all that erroneous stuff out of our mind so that we can truly walk in victory and one of the things that I want to talk about today is one of the very first things when we come to God is that we need to aim for is repentance it's not a word that's talked about very much, but it's, it is a word that's so important. And it's not just a word, okay? It's, it's, it's an action. It's, it's, it's a precept that it's how you enter in. And, and Pastor David's been talking about the kingdom and, and more and more as we sit, you know, it's so funny because sometimes I go home and I go, babe, what was that you said tonight? I said, wait a minute, let me go look that. Because some things have been on board in my life that even up until now, I have to go back and go, wait, wait, wait. And I'm, he'll tell you, I'm, I'll come straight home. And I'm just, I'm looking, I'm looking. And I don't want you guys to be just, we're not talking about spoon feeding you guys. Come on, come and you're on. just sitting here like robots going, mm-hmm. Right. See, that's why all of us have some erroneous things that's in our hearts. Because we just let some things just come without looking it up, without seeing, we just kind of like, oh, the preacher said, and I'm not devaluing that. You guys, there's all honor. But God wants us to get the word, be fully persuaded in your own mind, not by somebody else saying, and you, you going, I don't know why I believe that. Pastor David said that, I don't know. No, that's not good enough. God wants us to, um, what's going on? Okay, thank you. Um, God wants us to know that we know, okay, that um, what the word of God is saying is in the word of God, all right, and that it is clearly what God is saying to us. I'm going to repeat that scripture that, um, thank you so much. In Romans 12 and 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs. Don't be conformed. It's a, conformity is so easy just yeah. to conform. And, and it's so lazy. You know, it just, they do what I do. And I, I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong. But everybody's going that way. So I'm going that way. And the Bible said the blind lead the blind. They all fall into a ditch. So you better stop and see if you are following someone who can see or you're following the blind. All right. We're all falling into a ditch if we do it like that. But be transformed changed changed you guys this word change is something that we need to to really put on board when we examine ourselves because a lot of times we're not changed and we're in Christ but we're not changed 
You know, we used to sing that, that song, the things that I used to do, I don't do no more. The places I used to go, I don't go no more. There's been a great change in my life. But when we really stop sometimes and think the things that I used to do, I'm still doing. And the places that I used to go, I find myself still going. The people I used to hang around with that wasn't any good for my life, I'm still hanging. Because we're not evaluating that transformation means change. And that we should not be satisfied being the same. We, we, there should be something on board that's saying, wait, wait a minute. Either something wrong with this word or something's wrong with what I'm hearing or something's wrong with what I'm doing. Because God's word promises transformation. It promises that we're going to be changed and we're going to be new. And so when we don't see new, you know, if you go get from the store and it's a brand new dress, they say it's a brand new, you pick it off the rack and it's brand new and you get it home and it feels musty under the arms and there's something Torah. You're going to say something wrong with this dress. Somebody done been in this dress, right? And when we, when we smell the same way and we're not a sweet smelling savor unto the Lord, it's because that old man is still, the old man's still walking, the old man's still talking, the old man. Now remember this, because I hate the devil because what the devil will do, he'll go, but you know what, you know what, you know what, I, I, I'm not all the way changed. I still do something. Okay, don't justify it though. Okay, the enemy wants us to always jump back into, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I, I, I got some things that I need to change and I'm not, I haven't changed yet. Okay, but change. I'm walking toward change. I'm not happy about that I'm the same person. I'm not justifying that I'm the same person. I'm not settling into the same person. When I look and see that same person, I wanted to die. I'm not boldly saying that I still lie. You, 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 hey, mess with me, mess with me. You know what? I got Jesus, but you mess with me and you might see Linda. I don't want nobody to see Linda. I'm not proud of the fact that you see Linda because I just want you to see Jesus. And I'm striving to you seeing Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? The enemy will always make us justify where we're still at. Instead of, what did I tell you that, Sonny? Abhorring. Looking at sin in horror. You're not looking at it and saying, mm -mm, you just don't know me. You better know. No, I'm looking at, that's horrific, girl. That is a horrific person right there. That is not who God wants you to be. And Lord, help me to come out. Don't allow the enemy to allow you to justify the old man. The old man's supposed to be dead, okay? He's supposed to be dead, and if he raises his head up, punch him back down. He's supposed to be dead, all right? And it says, don't conform after our fashion or adapt to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, be changed by the entire renewal, not the little bit of renewal of your mind, not the stuff that kind of, I can get with that. You know, some things in the word, it comes and we go, I can get with it. I can do that. 
but it's like the entire renewal of your mind. The places you don't want to go, the things that make you go, Ugh, the things that hit your spirit. Do I have to? You feel like kicking and screaming all the way. Those places are the places that you have to see that there's something there. There's a stronghold that does not want you to give in to the word of God. But there's that place. God, I give you this place. The renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves, prove for yourself, not prove for Pastor Linda, prove for yourself. You got to know yourself. What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? You got to know for yourself. Okay. Even the thing that that thing, which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. You've got to know. There can't be no guessing about it, you guys. we got to get to a place that you know. Wherever you're not persuaded, the enemy can come in and knock you off your block. Wherever there's not a full persuasion, he can knock you off your block. So you need to know what is God's will in this? What is God's will in that? You need to know what is his acceptable, what he accepts. Okay, not what you accept, not what I accept, because we'll accept a whole lot of mess. But God wants, what is his, God, do you accept this? Do you accept how I'm talking to my husband? Do you accept this? God, <laughs> I saw that, Corey. Do you accept this? <laughs> That's so funny. Do you accept this? God is wondering. We need to ask ourselves, do you accept how I'm, I'm working on my job? Do you accept how I'm honoring you in, in how I talk? Is this acceptable? Not to me, because to me, I feel like I can give you a piece of my mind. My, God is saying, your mind, your, the problem is it's your mind. And we've been asking God to give us the mind of Christ. And so we need to say, is this acceptable to you, God? And we need to see what the answer is. And then we need to, if the answer is no, then I need to align myself up with the will and way of God. The interest, and so we're going to go to this a lot of times, and this, this is very, to me, I, it, I'm praying that it hits you. To me, this hit me in a powerful way because one of the things that I've seen is the struggle and the frustration in our walk with Christ. And you see over the years of us preaching and preaching and preaching, I've seen so many people come to the Lord. Some, so many people come to the altar, but still their lives is in a, even my life has been, to get this, is the struggle of, weakness of of not being able to walk out God's word I see as as a, a whole that we are called to be a light to the dying world but as a whole this world is still very dark and and it's almost frustrating to me God I know you do not lie and I know that you said that we are the light, we are the salt, you know, and it says if the salt has lost its savor and, and, and I look at the world that's still looking for salt, it's still without seasoning. And I look at the world and it's still without light and it's so much craziness. Going. But how I believe that God is greater, God is greater than the world. 
God is greater than Satan. And I believe that if this whole world is dark, if this whole room was dark, okay, uh, and I'm talking about spiritually, but I walk in with light spiritually, I could light up the room. And so it, it, it always frustrates me that there is so many believers and still so much darkness. And I'd be like, and it almost makes people kind of like think we're weak and it kind of make us, why would I even want that? You're not adding anything to, you know, the light. You're, you look like you're having as much trouble as I'm having. You look as you're as weak as I'm. A lot of times people are looking at Christians like, well, what do you got that I would want? And it lets me, and I mean, this is a reality. If you talk to a lot of people, they're like, what do you have that I, I want? I, I don't see any more victory in your life than is in mine. And so one of the things that I've seen is that we have come like children, and we think that the word of repentance is just saying, I'm sorry. And, and how we say we sorry you know, sometimes I don't know how children, little kids, you know, sometimes I talk to my kids and, you know, I've been telling them that, you know, you need to go back and say you're sorry, you know, and they just want me to shut up on this whole talk about sorry and they want me to be quiet about it. And it's, okay, sorry, sorry, mom, but nothing in their attitude, there's no heart, sorry, it means Sorry, shut up. I got it. Sorry. If that'll make you shut up, I'll say I'm sorry. And sometimes when we come to God, we've heard the sermon. It's hit us on our street. It's revealed our sin. And and, and it seems like every time we come in, they're talking about love more, forgive more, stop hating more. I was okay. Sorry. And we're just like, I just don't want to hear that anymore because Every time I hear it, it messes with me. It, it's, it's messing with you because of a reason, but you want it to just stop messing with you. So you think by saying sorry, the preacher stop preaching about love. <laughs> you think that he'll stop, he'll stop preaching on forgiveness. You think God has stopped coming to the area that you don't want to hear about. So you're sorry. It's not that I'm really sorry. It's enough already. God wants us to know repentance. A lot of times we've came up on this given day. Um, we decided, you know, I'm tired of my marriage being crazy. I'm tired of going through this. I just, I just want my husband back. Or my wife. A lot of times we come to God wanting something from God. And so we're saying, I'm sorry for the benefit of him giving us what we want. But our hearts still don't get what real repentance is. And if we never get what real repentance is, we will continue to walk in that kind of way that says, okay, I'm walking pretty good. I do something else wrong. God comes and I hear, sorry, but sorry doesn't mean I'm stopping. It just means shut up. I don't want to hear it anymore. Sorry doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing it. It just means, okay, sorry. That's what you want to hear. Sorry. But repentance is not that. And a lot of times as Christians, we haven't yet really, really repented. And this was something God really was dealing with me about is how many people are leaving altars and they haven't repented. You know, a lot of times it says, you know, in Acts, he said to repent. 
and be baptized for the remission of your sin and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. A lot of us, we major on being baptized and receiving the Holy Ghost, but we didn't major on repentance. We went to the water and we were so ready to speak in tongues, but we have not majored on repentance. And so this morning, I want to really us to see what repentance, real repentance really is. Because the entrance into the kingdom of God is the same for all. For all, doesn't matter who we are. In the Bible, let's know the Jews are the Gentiles. We all had to repent. We all must repent and turn to God. Repentance means to turn to God. So it just doesn't mean sorry, but I keep on going down this way. It means sorry, and I turn to God's way. But a lot of times we're sorry, sorry, but we're still going down that way. The usual Bible word describing, and this, this is, uh, you'll see it all through the scripture. It describes the no that we say to the world's lies and yes to God's truth. That's what repentance is. A short version because we got a lot of scripture to say. It is always, as you look in the Bible, it is always and everywhere the first word in the Christian life. In the Strong's Dictionary, and as you study, these are books that I study out of in the Strong's Dictionary. It has the Greek and the Hebrew that lets you know uh, what it means in Greek and Hebrew, what that word meant. Because a lot of words have a lot of meanings. And so it lets you know what that word meant. And so in the, in the Greek and the uh, Hebrew, it means a change of mind. Repentance means a change of mind. As it appears to one who repents of a purpose he has formed or something he has done. A total change of mind. To return, to turn back to, to restore, to refresh or to repair. See, sin is a disease. It's a corruption that is incurable and terminal. I want y'all to hear about this. Sin is a disease, a corruption that's incurable and terminal. The payment is death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. This is why Jesus had to come or else death would be our final. It would be over. As we look into the Bible and start with repentance, we're going to get, see what repentance meant. First of all, we're going to see that John the Baptist, John the Baptist was talking about repentance. In Matthew 3, 1 through 2, it says, In those days there appeared John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness, desert of Judea, and saying, Repent. Think differently. Change your mind, regretting your sins, changing your conduct, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now let's look back in that, in that very verse. It lets us know that when he says repent, repent means I'm now going to think differently. How many times when we say we're sorry, we're not thinking differently about what we did? We're just shut the person down or whoever we're saying sorry to, but we think no differently about what we're doing. 
I, I, okay, I'm sorry, but it doesn't mean that I, I feel bad about slapping you in your face or cussing you out. I don't think no differently. If you come back at me like you came today, you might just get the same thing. I don't think no differently. I think the same way, okay? It says to change your mind, to, to totally change your mind about what you're doing. There's a change of mind like what I thought was right. I'm changing my mind about this. This It's not right according to God, according to God, okay? Because a lot of times we can't change our mind because it's right according to me, okay? And then it says that repentance means to regret your sins. To, I'm sorry. I really regret that I did this. I really regret that I cheated. I really regret that I cussed you out. I re really regret that, that, that my attitude, I regret it. I don't justify it. I don't honor it. I don't let it empower me. I don't think, you know, great of myself. I re regret is, I wish I never did that. Do you understand that? That's what regret is. I wish I hadn't done that. That's what repentance says. I wish I, but sometimes, you know, in our flesh, I wish I'd have done that and more, you know, that's the flesh. But when we repent is, I wish I hadn't done that. And then it comes to change your conduct. It means I don't, I'm not just regretting it. I'm changing my conduct. This is not how I'm going to respond next time. This is not what I'm going to do next time. I'm changing my conduct. This is the way I used to roll, but in God, I got to roll a whole different way. I'm changing my conduct and I'm actually changing it, not just from a thought, but from an action. I'm changing it. And then not just say I'm sorry, but to change their mental attitudes and conduct. That's what this whole scripture says to think differently, change your mind, regretting your sins and changing your, your conduct. And this, and, and John was saying that he says, now pastor David's been talking about the kingdom and we're hearing all the kingdom and how to walk in the kingdom. But the first thing John had to do, he had to go before Jesus and he had to say, repent because he knew if they didn't have a new mindset, they weren't going to receive the kingdom way of doing things because we get so used of walking in the way that we walk and doing the same things that we do all the time that these new things, they sound new and we will cast them off and we will not want to do them. And so that's why the first word in the gate was repent. You are going to have to change your mind. You're going to have to thoroughly change your mind. You're going to have to thoroughly change your attitude. You're going to have to thoroughly change your conduct to be able to receive the kingdom of God so that you can walk in it and get the benefits from it. Then it goes on because I want to give you that this was uh, how it came out the gate. Here, John the Baptist comes out. Then we come, Jesus comes out and Jesus begins preaching with the same, picking up where John left off in Matthew 4 and 17. It says this from the time Jesus began to preach, crying out, repent, change your mind for the better. Hardly amend your ways with abhorrence for your past sins. I love that word because God is letting us know there should be no toleration for sin. Abhorrence is, is like, it's just repulsive. It's just horror from what I've done. It's just horrific. As long as we think it's cool and powerful, we're going to keep on doing it. 
It says with abhorrence for your past sins, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus comes out. He's following in, picking up where John left off. Repent. It's telling you to repent and change your mind for better. Better things are coming, a better way of living, an abundant way of living. But you are going to have to change your mind and be able to receive what God is telling us to receive. In the Message Bible, it says this Isaiah prophesied sermon came to life in Galilee the the moment Jesus started preaching. He picked up where John left off. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. So he's saying God's kingdom is here. You can't live the same way. You can't do the same things that that um, you used to do to get a new life, to get an abundant life. You're going to have to change what you think, you know, and you're going to have to follow what God is trying to tell us to do. Then Peter comes out, and this is just to substantiate that repentance is over and over spoken in the Bible. Then Peter comes out, and then Peter in his first sermon, he concludes it with this in Acts 2 and 38. And Peter answered them, repent, change your views and purpose to accept the will of God in your inner self instead of rejecting it. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of and release from your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In this scripture, he comes out the gate. Repent. Change your views. We've got to be humble enough to say, my view doesn't have to be right. And it probably isn't. And the only way that I'm going to know if my view is right is to compare it to the word of God, not compare it to other people and what they're saying and what they're doing, but to compare it to the word of God. In Peter's uh, uh, discourse, he's he's telling them, change your views, change your purpose, accept and don't reject. And that's that we're rejecting the things of God is so on board in our lives. You know, we we've got so concrete in what we believe in and what we think and what we justify that sometimes before the word can even get in, we've got rejection already uh, ready, ready to reject. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Instead of saying, Lord, I open my heart, I open my heart to receive. Lord, pour into me. I open my heart. We're more putting up this barricade against it coming against what we believe. Because why? Because we as God's people, and I don't even want to say the world, as God's people, we like to be right. Even as God's people, we like to be right. And I'm saying we like to be right outside of Christ, that I'm the one that that God, I'm the one that knows. I know what I'm talking about. And God is saying anytime that we know without, you know, our ears should always be, there's no time I come in. Oh, okay. Uh, I heard that before. I know exactly what you're going to say. I heard there should be no time that our ear is not 
attuned to hear what God is saying. That it's, it's a, God can say love a million times, but it's going to come with a fresh anointing. It's going to come at a fresh appointed time that's going to fit right into the time of my life. And as soon as I close my ear because I heard love last Sunday, I'm going to miss what love will do for me today. We need to open our hearts and open our ears to be ready to receive the word of God. It says accept it and don't reject it. Then there was another man in the Bible that speaks um, repentance. And we go on to Paul. And Paul in Acts 26 and 20 says, and he was he was talking and he says, and and made known openly, first of all, to those at Damascus, then at Jerusalem, and throughout the whole land of Judea, and also among the Gentiles, Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works and, and live lives consistent and worthy of their repentance. So Paul was saying what this was his preaching. This this what he went out to preach, that that they would repent and that they would do works and, and live lives consistent. And then it. In uh, Acts 26, 27 through 29, he goes on because he's talking to King Agrippa and he gives this sermon and this discourse, this powerful discourse is so powerful that I like what what is said here. It says, King Agrippa, he asked King Agrippa, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. <coughs> then Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bounds. What Paul was saying was he had preached this sermon and preached this sermon and Agrippa, King Agrippa, I mean, he said, man, he said, you don't preach, you almost, that's, that was so good that it almost made me want to be a Christian. Do you guys realize this God showed me last night? That sometimes we, we come to the altar and we, we, the sermon has almost made us want to be a Christian. And you guys said, that's not the point. That's not the point. That's not why I came to the altar. I came to the altar because I want to be a Christian. But why he says almost is because to be a Christian, you're going to be Christ-like. You're going to want to, you're going to walk after. But you almost, a Christian means that sounds so good, but I don't think I can do all that. That, 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 that sounds wonderful, but love my enemies. Do good to them to despitefully. I mean, sometimes we come with a hoping that a hope, you know, and that's why he said he he didn't he didn't say um, reprimand him to the point that, you know, that's not good enough. But he said this. He said, I wish that uh, uh, that we were we are both almost and all together. He was he was saying you're almost OK. You're almost. I understand you're almost. Paul understood that there was like some doubt there. But he's saying, I want you to get to all together. I want you to have an all together, all in kind of 
I'm giving my life to you all together, all not with I'm giving this compartment to you, this room to you. You know how how we are. You can come in my living room and the guest bathroom, but don't you go in my bedroom. okay? so no, he wants. Can you give it all to me? Not just almost. It sounds good. Some of us are missing out on so many things because it almost. It almost, that almost convinced me. I'm almost persuaded. And almost so, you understand, that means you're close. But what it really means is that you've got to get all together. Because you're not going to get the all together blessing in the almost kind of thoughts or consideration. You've got to go all the way with God. And so he was pre- preaching repentance, but a lot of times this, this is the area that really touched my heart is that we still have a lot of almost, almost conversions. We, we've been baptized and we speak in tongues like, like a language is out of our mouth, but we yet have not repented. Somebody says, that's so strange. It is so strange. And it's so strange because it seems so weird. And it's strange to see people that speak in tongues. And it's strange to see people that have been baptized in Jesus' name. It's strange to see them cussing each other out and hating on each other. It's strange to the world. Do you understand? When the world looks at it, the world has an expectation. That when we say that we are Christ-like, they have an expectation. Yeah. And we walk up all day, you know, we can walk up all day and say, God is changing me. But they don't realize because God is changing me. You know what? There is evidence of change. And when there is no evidence, do you understand? Now, this morning, I don't want to, I don't want, you know, because sometimes somebody's sitting there yes, and you think I'm, I'm gunning after you. Yes, I'm not gunning after you. Amen. I'm saying this is the change. When you are changing, your life is one that shows change at all times. Your life is. You might sit and be sitting in front of me cussing and cussing. Your, your thing is, you, you catch yourself, right? Some people are like, I don't care. This is what I do. This is what I do. No. You catch yourself because you know that God don't want it. And you say, wait a minute, excuse me. I mean, even sinners do that. Right. So let alone us that are Christians. Do you understand? Right. I, have, I have people that don't even believe in God, but if they're in front of me and they're doing, they'll say, oh, I'm sorry. I know you don't like that. They say, I know you don't like that. But I always say, you know what? It's God that doesn't like that. It's not me. Okay. But the thing is, is you, cause, cause without God, I'd be just like you. Right. I'd be doing the same thing. Only that I want to please God. And it took me a long time. Do you understand that? In my areas, it took me a long time, but they were areas that I was giving to God and not happy about continuing on doing them. And there are areas that will say, you know what? Sis, will you pray for me? Because that, that right there shouldn't be on board. Where people that are, are repentant, they're, they're humble and they're ready. They're not proud. They're not like, you take me as I am. No, when we come to Christ, we're not take me as I am. They're, they're taking Christ as you represent him. And so you've got to say, wait a minute. This is not a representation of my Lord and Savior. I'm sorry. Please forgive me right now. I mean, pray for me. Uh, help me walk. Hold me accountable. We, sometimes we don't like people to hold us accountable. If they even say something to us, we're mad. 
and will throw back at them, well, you do such and such. See, those kind of things show that we're not in true repentance. When you throw back on somebody else, well, you do such and such. It ain't about that. I, I want to get to heaven. I want to get to heaven. And you hold me accountable so that I can get to heaven. I'm not trying to see your wrong to justify my wrong. Both of us need to get to heaven, right? And so in this, God wants us to know that repentance is not just a emotion or a feeling. It's, it's, it's not, I feel sorry. Because sometimes the reason why I feel sorry is because I got caught. I'm embarrassed. I wish you didn't even know about it. It has nothing to do with that I'm sorry about what I did. I'm sorry that you saw what I did. I'm sorry that, that I'm, I'm sorry that I was exposed. That's not true repentance at all. Sorry is that I regret that I ever did that because it goes against the heart of God. It goes against the commandments of God. It goes against the tender commandments that would give me victory in my life if I would just follow them. And because I've transgressed against them, that's why Jesus Christ had to die. That's why I regret it. So, so repentance is not just an emotion or a feeling. It is a decision. It is not just mere selfish sorrow. Now, I want to show you an example of this. We're going to go to Judas. It's not just mere selfish sorrow. Sometimes it's just all about you. Everything that you're sorry about is all about you, okay? In Matthew 27, through, 3 through 5, in the Amplified, it says this. When Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, Judas was afflicted in mind and troubled for his former folly. And with remorse, with little more than a selfish dread of the consequences. I want y'all to really look, look at that. It says with remorse. When you first read, you, you would think Judas was so sad about what he did to Jesus. But it says with little more than a selfish dread of the consequences. What Judas was sad about was how it played out because Judas wanted Jesus when they came Judas in his mind was come on yeah. these Romans going down today I didn't seen Jesus do miracles I didn't seen him raise the dead I didn't seen him open blind eyes I, I know he I know he these Romans come up in here he gonna speak a word they all be dead I don't have to worry about it. He thought he was playing out this, you know, this uh, narrative and making it just happen really quick so that everybody could see he's on the Lord's side. He's on the king's side. He's on the power. But he didn't realize the power that he was looking for Jesus to exemplify was not the power that Jesus was going to show. Right. That when they came after Jesus, Jesus submitted. And that to him was like, what in the world? In his mind, that was not how how he wanted Jesus to present. He wanted Jesus to, you know how we got that big brother or somebody and somebody's beating us up and we're going to go home and get up, get me, it was my sister Sharon, and you go home and you get, and I just knew when she came, she's going to beat the tire out of you, and I, that's my sister. See, so that's what, that's what Judas thought was going to happen. And when it didn't happen, he was not so what, that he had betrayed the Lord, the Savior that he walked, it was like 
this ain't how this was supposed to go down. He was sad about, this ain't how this was supposed to go. So he had selfish sorrow. He brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood. And they replied, what is that to us? See to that yourself. And casting the pieces of silver forward into the holy place of the sanctuary of the temple, he departed and he went off and he hung himself. A lot of people, a lot of people look at the part that he hung himself, that he was repentant. Again, repentance is not about selfishness. It's not about merely your sorrow. It's about what you did to God's sorrow. And when you, I'm going to keep on going, when you have godly repentance, it's a whole different thing than that. It is a godly repentance. I'm, go to 2 Corinthians 7 and 10. And a lot of times we'll see somebody go in there and they shoot up there. We just saw this this week where the, the kid went in and shot so many people and then ends up shooting himself. And somebody will go, oh, that poor kid felt so bad after he had, it's not godly repentance. <laughs> it's that kind of repentance that's edged on by the enemy. That's why they end up killing themselves, edged on, because the enemy don't want you to, godly repentance lets you know something. You don't have to kill yourself in godly repentance, all right? In 2 Corinthians 7 and 10, it says, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. For godly sorrow, and, and why I want us to get that, you guys, all of this just hit me with all the stuff that's going on in the news. So many people shooting up people, killing people, then killing themselves, following that, that directive of the enemy. The enemy is just pushing you. The enemy wants to kill everybody and you. Right. Do you understand that? And you. He doesn't want all, as many as he can take it as one time. But in Godly, it says Godly repentance, work is repentance to salvation to the saving of you, to the saving of you. Godly repentance worketh to the salvation, to the saving of you. So if you hear that voice, and why I need you to know, I, I was on a suicide mission when I was in high school. We had a, a mission of so many people at one time start committing suicide. And I remember this, that just into my whatever I was going through and I remember taking all these pills but I remember this I need y'all to know this I remember the voice I remember the voice telling me just leave just just die you'll be because I was brought up in in, in a Christian home so the enemy used the same um you know all my Christian thoughts he was like you're gonna be with the Lord you're gonna be out I, I felt like I was disappointed in, my, in high school I just went crazy and I felt like I disappointed my parents so much and I was just like you know what I'm going to die and my mom was sitting in the room in the room I'm just taking pills taking pills taking pills but while I'm taking pills there was a voice and I need y'all to know there is a real voice of the enemy and the enemy will pervert and pollute the word of God and make you feel like God is going to be all right with you killing yourself and that's exactly what he said 
you know, God will be there ready to meet you. God will be right there. And all I could do when I laid on that bed was think, you know what? When I open my eyes again, I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be in his arms. He's going to love me. He's, he's going to love me because nobody else loves me. He's gonna, and you guys, I don't want y'all to think my parents didn't love me. I, I want you to know that that's what the enemy can do. He can take you in a, in a moment and have you doubting so many things. And as I was sitting there, I remember only by the grace of God, who was my salvation. Because if I had to die that moment, that was not salvation. But it was my husband's brother who out the blue rode up to our house that that um, no guy just walked past our living room to come in our house. He came straight into our house, walked past my mama, walked straight into our bedroom, which was in the back, which was a no taboo. You could die in my house and be a guy. Okay. Walked straight past it, came into the room and said, Linda, what have you done? Linda, what have you done? And got me up and got me to the hospital just in time. That was salvation. That was God. The other part was the enemy. And so remember this, that repentance works to salvation. And I remember on the way to the hospital, I kept saying, because I said, I want to die, I want to die, I want to die, I want to die. But all of a sudden, I could feel all inside of me, everything was atrophying my hands. I couldn't move. Everything was just atrophying, just everything. I couldn't move it. And I remember in that moment of feeling like, this is really, I'm going to die, that I remember saying, God, please help me, please help me. I'm, and God came and he helped me. I'm sorry. That was, that was repentance. God help me. I'm sorry. I know this is not your will. That was true repentance. And in, in, in the Amplifier, it says this, for godly grief and the pain God is permitted to direct produce a repentance that leads and contributes to salvation and deliverance. Come on. We need to know this because the enemy will speak to you on your most vulnerable day. God, when he comes, he always leads you to salvation, deliverance. All right. Deliverance from evil. And it never brings regret. It never brings regret. When you do whatever the enemy says do, it always brings regret. You look back. But when you do what God says do, it never leads brings regret. But worldly grief, the hopeless sorrow that is characteristic of the pagan world is deadly, breeding and ending in death. So remember, sometimes we come and we're repenting, but it's not yet godly sorrow. It's that I'm sad of being in this place. I'm embarrassed of being in this place. I just went out of this place. But it doesn't mean I want with you, God, and I want your way, God, and I want to do it your way. I just want you to spare me the consequences. I'm sorry. Please don't. How many times? Please, if you take that away, please, if you just do that, please, if you just do that, I won't. You know, we want to be spared of the consequences instead of realizing I've grieved God. This trespass grieves God. In turning away, then we will live a new way. That thought or that certain thing that we thought was right, we turn totally away. I'm turning away. I'm not, you can't be turning away and turning to. That's, see, that's the frustration of a double-minded 
Christian life, turning away, turning to, turning away, turning to, turning. And then sometimes we're so bored with Christ and we're so sad and disillusioned with Christ. And God said, because sometimes there's no repentance. We're turning away. I believe today. I don't believe tomorrow. I, I, I hear you today. I don't hear you tomorrow. I'm turning back, back, forth. And that can be so frustrating and so draining. And God said, it's time to repent and turn away. That means turn completely away from that thing that goes against God's word. Salvation that does not move us out of our self-destructive ways. And I need y'all to hear this. Salvation that does not move us out of our self-destructive ways is counterfeit. If you're doing the same thing that you used to do with no uh, heart to change or no striving to change, it's counterfeit. The Holy Spirit is on board, you guys. And, and we can't just keep doing things, keep doing things, keep doing things, keep doing things, and grieving the Holy Spirit and grieving the Holy Spirit and grieving the Holy Spirit and then saying the Holy Spirit doesn't work. The Holy Spirit works. Amen. The Bible says, and you shall receive power. Amen. After that, the power, after some of us has gotten more excited about speaking in tongues instead of the power that resides on the inside. And so we'll speak in tongues all day, but come on, but not utilize the power that's on the inside that will help me to speak right, help me to talk right, help me to live right, help me to deny myself, help me to, to die daily. We'll speak in tongues over all the junk that we're doing. But it's not just a tongue-talking spirit. It's power. An enabling power, a power that if you submit to it, the problem is, is that we don't submit. If you, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. It's not going to come in there and make you do anything. But if you would at least um, listen to it and, and follow it, it will empower you. Repentance is saying yes. Yes to your way and no to mine. Come on. You just got to try it. You just... I've seen so many times, yes, yes, get up out that bed, that adulterous bed. Get up, get up. Now, just don't get up and think you're going to do it in your strength. But get up in the name of Jesus. Get up in the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, this is yes to you. And keep on saying yes till you get on out the door. Till you get on down the street. Till you get on back home. Till you get on back in your room. And still say, yes, God. Yes. 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 This is a complete yes. Wherever the yes has been stopped, the enemy has room. That's right. That's right. But repentance is yes to God. No to the enemy. Yes to God. So salvation in our, see, we can't be content, you guys, that if there is no move, no move out of our destructive ways, we're still walking in destructive ways. We can't keep on walking in that way and say, the Holy Spirit is leading me. Because the Holy Spirit leads us out, not in. It's a lie and a reflect a bad reflection on the Holy Spirit that 
we keep walking in, walking in. I got the Holy Spirit. I got Jesus and that's enough. I got, we sing all these songs, but we're keeping on walking into sin. That's, it doesn't represent God. It doesn't represent his power. It doesn't represent the spirit that's on the inside. And we've got to stop and really evaluate that and say, what am I doing? And am I all in? When I, am I all in? Is my yes a yes? Or is my yes a almost? And if it's almost, we really now, we've got some work to do to make our yes a solid yes. Jesus must not be just Lord over what we sing and say, but also how we live. Our goal as believers is to reflect the character of the one whose image we, have ma- we were made after. We are supposed to be a reflection. And are you a hundred percent reflection? No, but you need to be a striving, trying reflection. That's what I'm saying. Are you a hundred percent? Every day we die daily. Every day we're growing, but every day we, we should be growing. Every day we should be coming closer. Every day we should be striving to be the reflection of Jesus and not content to give ourselves that excuse. Well, this is me. I'm just going to do me. No, me supposed to die. We're not happy being me. Me is what gets us in trouble. In Luke 3 and 8, it says this about repentance. Bear fruits that are deserving and consistent with your repentance. I want us to see this, if we can get that up there. Bear fruits, that's Luke 3 and 8. Bear fruits that are deserving and consistent with your repentance. That is conduct worthy of a heart changed and a heart abhorring sin. You guys, it says in this that repentance, it shows up. Repentance shows up. You know, when you first came to the altar, no matter how weak you were or how, you know, unless you was playing around, but if you were really serious, when you first came to the altar, that first day, something showed up. There was evidence in your life the first day. You felt new. You felt that God had touched you. There was on board a certain a certain uh, tenacity about this decision that I'm going to, I'm going to do this different, or I'm going to do that different. And sometimes what happens when we leave from the altar, we have all these things in our mind that we're going to change. We're going to change. We're going to change. But the problem is, is that we, we forget that the same um, Holy spirit that walked us to the altar has to walk us through the change. And so sometimes we, we come in and all, you're right. I'm sorry. Always has to walk with us through the change. And so, we come to the altar and we forget that it wasn't of, of our own volition to come to the altar. It was the Holy Spirit that gave an unction that we listened to. It was an obedient moment that we listened to and we came to the altar. And the same obedience that brought us to the altar is the same obedience that walks us out the door and walks us into our homes, our jobs. In situ- that same yes, that same yes has to be with us. That's what the repentant yes is, is that same yes. And once any moment you go back into trying to do this on your own, 
trying to walk out this life on your own or trying to not sin on your own, that's when you fall because that's where pride is. But repentance is constantly knowing, I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you to stop gossiping. I need you. I need these things that have strongholds on our life. I need you. And I'm going to say yes to you. Not yes to me. See, a lot of us have said yes to ourselves. The Holy Spirit just said this to me. A lot of us have said yes to ourselves. Like, yes, Linda, you won't do that no more. You know, yes, Linda. Like, Linda is going to have some power not to do it. But I need to say, yes, God. Yes, God. I'm not going to do that through the power of you working in my life. Not yes to Linda because the enemy's just laughing all the way. Go ahead, Linda, try it. Go ahead, Linda, even trying all the time. But yes, God. Yes, God, through you I can do it. My repentance is unto God. My repentance is knowing that in you, through you, I can do what God is calling me to do. There's so, so much more to this, so many more scriptures. But I want to end today, you guys. Check your repentance. Check your repentance. Check why you're sorry. Make sure it's because you know that it grieves your father and you don't want to grieve your father. Make sure that's the most important reason, that it's sin against God. When David sinned with Bathsheba, he didn't say, the first thing, he didn't say, I've sinned against Bathsheba, I've sinned against Uriah, I've sinned against this whole nation. He said, it's against you and you alone. It's against you. This is where the heart changes. Because if I say I sin against man and man does some sin to me, I'm going to justify my sin. But when I sin against the Almighty God, I sin against the one who died so I didn't have to sin. I say, it changes my heart to true repentance that is all about him. And I want to get right because I want to, as we said this year, I'm aiming to please the Lord. And so that the true repentance is I'm aiming to please the Lord. And as we stand today, that's got to be our aim, you guys. We come in Sunday. After Sunday, we got to aim to please the Lord. Whatever I'm doing, remember I said, I got to say, God, are you pleased with this? God, is your endorsement on this? Will you sign this check of my life and cash that in? I'm aiming to please the Lord. That's what And somebody says, well, I repented. Do you know that... Some people feel like they came to the altar one time and they repented and that's done. And every time, it's a gift, you guys. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's something to receive. Every time I displease the Lord, I have the gift that I can go to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I displease you and that I go against you. And if she grieves, and I regret, 
You have no regret over your sin. You need to check yourself, okay? Check yourself, as my mama said, before you wreck yourself. Because you're going to keep on going that way. But sin should be regrettable. Did y'all hear what I said? Sin should be regrettable. Something that you regret. See, right now, if there's anybody that wants to come to the altar, today is about repenting. Sorry, God. I repent, God. I I regret, and there's no shame. I regret not regretting. (laughs) Today I just come and I want to truly repent so that I can enter into your kingdom and enter into your way of doing things. Because I want to be strong in your way of doing things. I want to receive your way of doing things. And as long as there's unregrettable sin in my life, then I can't be strong. I'm double-minded. So, Lord, we thank you as these have come in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we know that you see their hearts, God. We are so glad that it is you that sees our hearts. That even when we think about King David, people can look at what he did. But God, look at that that heart. And he knew that heart was repentant. And he blessed that heart. Hallelujah. And he said of a man who had had committed adultery, murdered the husband, lied about it. He called David a man after his own heart. And why was it? Because David was a man that truly repented. And so we want to, if he would count all of our sins against us, we'd be ugly indeed. We'd be lost indeed. But without a hope, but because we have repented, because we have repented, our God is for us and not against us. And so, Lord, we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus for these that have come to the altar. We thank you for their hearts. Today, God, is a new day. Today is a fresh day with fresh revelation and fresh understanding and a fresh way of saying, I'm sorry, God. Today, I'm sorry because it grieves you. Today, I'm sorry because sin that grieves you grieves me, God. Sin that is horror to you is horror to me, oh God. And Father, today I choose. I choose to walk in your way. Father, I pray for everyone that's on this altar. God, that this very day, that you feel in their very hearts, God, that you meet their repentance with your love, with your power, God, with a knowing that strength and power come on board can leave because of true repentance today in Jesus' name. A new walk, a new talk, a new response because true repentance is on board today. I rebuke all frustration in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this word today. We thank you for your word that just keeps on coming, keeps on opening our eyes and opening our hearts, God. The enemy will want us to be lost over one thing that we don't understand. But God, it is your desire that revelation come and that your truth would be revealed and that we would not lose one thing in our lives, God, 
because you came to give us life. Hallelujah. Life and that more abundantly. Life and that more abundantly. Abundant life means abundant truth to help us to navigate this walk on earth. And we thank you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank God for each one of you coming up. Thank God for you. This morning, if there's anybody that needs a church home, Living Faith Christian Center opens up the doors. And, you know, I said needs a church home. I want to say this. If you don't have a church home, you need a church home. (laughs) And so if you don't have a church home, we open up our doors today, inviting you to come in to grow with us. The Bible says they that are planted in the house of God shall flourish. And so we believe that we are flourishing as a body of believers, growing together, being perfected by the perfect one. This morning, if you walked away from God, and there's so many reasons why people walk away from God. The enemy told you some lie. This morning, God needs you to know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. There is no other way. And so this morning, if you want to come home, oh, my goodness, I love that we have a father that's so excited. And then he always says, the lights are on. You know, I did some running away in my my senior year. I was a little, I told you I was a little crazy in my senior year. But the thing is, is knowing this, it's always good to know that you can go back home. Some kids can't go back home. Parents, it says, you're dead to me. Don't you ever come back. But our father has never said, you're dead to me. Don't you ever come back. The lights are on. Aren't you glad about that? So this morning, you don't have to be shamed. and said the Bible said he's married to a backslide. What? You can come home. So if you, you have walked away, that's an invitation to come back home. This morning, we just say, thank you, Lord for being in the house of God one more time. And I want you guys, as we walk out of here today, you guys, let's remember, I want you to ask yourself this. Have I truly repented? Have I truly repented? I'm going to say it again. Have I truly repented? You guys, sometimes we don't like those questions asked because we say you're questioning my, yes, I am. Just like someone would say, are you ready to go to heaven today? I, I want to be able to say yes. And I don't want to be mad that they asked me. I want to be like, yes. Or I want to be like, am I ready? Wait a minute. I need to get ready. Because y'all fly up out of here and I'm left. I'm going to be mad somebody didn't say, are you ready? Okay. Are you ready? So I want you to go. Have you truly repented? And if you haven't repented, it's no hard thing, you guys doesn't take a whole service. It takes just a decision. Lord, I repent. I'm heartfully sorry for my sins. I regret grieving you. Forgive me, Lord, in Jesus' name. He does his part. When we do ours, his part is boom. Okay? So I love you guys. Please pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ, okay? Let's pray for one another because we all, I want to see us all in heaven in Jesus' name.